You done? You done with your <laughs> not so bullshit? You like John D. Filippo on the sidelines? <laughs> worrying about everything but the offense. That's right. this week rather than talking about the Packers I'm going to talk about the Vikings and it's going to be a rant baby you okay. tell me why coach Mike Zimmer who talked about learning offense right so he could better control or better have better knowledge when it comes to offensive plays mm-hmm. since this week and then complains about DeFilippo calling a play at least four times mm-hmm. to run straight at Khalil Mack, right? If you're the head coach, you should be stepping in and saying, just like Ted used to last year, that shit doesn't work. Throw it out of the playbook. Go with the odds on what will work. If you're running head-to-head, one block, i.e. elf line, against Khalil Mack, the second-best nose tackle in the NFL, and you expect him to win, you've got a problem. Go with where the odds are. If you got three to two on one side, you go to that side, not to where you've got two to three on one side and expect to win. Now, if Filippo is calling that sort of offense, that's your problem, Zimmer. You need to step in and fix that shit, right? You are the one that's head coach. You are the one that talked to all your offensive buddies. You need to take, if you're spending too much time calling the defense, then give that up, right? You can still be involved. But you need to be able to step in and say, ah, no, we're going to go with the odds on favorite. We're going to change the game plan. We're not going to go with seven step drops. We're going to go with what works short, quick, right? We're going to go with play action passes. We're going to go with what moves around the outside and we're going to win that way. Give it to him, B.S that you're calling and if you keep calling it you're done (laughs) bill belichick every sunday and if the offense isn't working you see him glaring on the sideline absolutely steaming but you guarantee by the second quarter by the second half at worst he's got that fixed zimmer you need to do the exact same thing. Filippo has been garbage from what we were sold at the beginning of the season, that he was some prodigy coming to wait to make head coach on the offensive side. He's a quarterback guru. 
Well, our quarterback isn't doing anything spectacular. He sits back there with three people rushing like a statue. Does not step up in the pocket. Why not? Does not make the correct reads. Why not? That points directly at Filippo. But moreover, Zimmer, you're the boss. You should be fixing that. I guess you know, the only exactly. thing that was missing in that whole rant is at the end. Come Sunday, brother, when I oh, pin no. your shoulders, two, three, and they <laughs> raise my hand as heavyweight champion of the world at SummerSlam, the name of Dave Stefano will ring in your ears for all time, brother. That's perfect, dude. You know what really been funny? Is that the camera switched from his face and then twisted around and showed all of his family members sitting at the Thanksgiving table waiting to eat Thanksgiving dinner. That would have been fucking sweet. All scared shitless. The kids are like so scared. There's Dave. There's Dave leading into his Thanksgiving family dinner with that. That was beautiful, dude. That was the best WrestleMania promo I have ever watched. <laughs> hey. As dude, grandpa, you gotta get how, how, I could lead that on Thanksgiving. Trust me. How'd you know all that, Ted? That's pretty impressive. I used to be a huge wrestling fan. Oh, cool. Cool. Right on, dude. I went to WrestleMania 1. Did you really? That's all I have to say. It's my only claim to wrestling fame. I won, <laughs> I won tickets, and I got to go watch it. Well, it was closed circuit in San Diego at the sports arena, but it was on the big screen, and I went. Okay. I was there for number one, and everybody seems to say, think that's really cool. So That, that is cool. cool. That, that was cool. the start of a historic trend. I guess Dave Stefano is not going to be getting a Christmas card from Zimmer. Not but, now. No. <laughs> Just to think, I wanted to go to his ranch and interview him this summer. No, it's you hard to better? argue with, you know. Yeah. How do you feel after that? You feeling better? <laughs> a little bit, but I want to see action. I want to see Zim. You think it'll action with Di Filippo and Di Filippo to pull his head out? Ted, Dude, you were perfect last year. You would go on the Zim Zoo. And write that when Shermer would run a play that didn't work, Zimmer would tell him, pull that shit out of the playbook and throw it away. Put the shit in that works. We're I mean, missing that this year. We're 10 games in. I mean, like, at what point do you expect it to change, though? Right, right. I mean, that's, the, that's when you look at it, the skin and bones of the turkey. That's basically where you're at. What's going to make any difference? Like the offensive line, people bitch and moan. You can't go out and find a left tackle or guard right now. Not now. I mean, no, it no, is. No, no, no. You've got to take the guys you've got. And you've got to scheme around that. You, you, can, you, you can make a valid argument that I, I don't think Filippo is putting the offensive players in a position to succeed like Pat Shermer did last year. Oh, I, I agree 100% on that one. But there's, you know, the, the personnel at this point isn't going to change. I, I, do, you really, do you really see them flipping the switch these last six games? I mean, they haven't for 10. Why, why would they now? Well, Zimmer today, and today being Wednesday, in his press conference said the stats, he looked at, the stats this year versus the stats year, last year, and they were about the same minus the runs to the outside. The stats are the same? No, they're not. The Vikings were a top 10 offense. They were top 10 in passing, and they were top 10 in running. This year, they're, what, 28th or 29th to run the ball. 
They can't run the ball. They can't. No, they're, they're 31st in rushing, and it's not getting any better. And it's really, really tough to win when you can't when you can't run the football. I don't – when I watch this offense, Ted, I don't know whether – it seems really vanilla. Uh, but you look at the talent, and then you look at DiFilippo, and it, it makes you wonder, is it – is he making too much out of it? I mean, is he try? Is he overanalyzing it, thinking too much? I mean, what? Sometimes you just got to go with it. I, you know, I, I've noticed a trend in the Vikings offense. Their first ten or fifteen scripted plays are usually pretty good. I mean, their first Always. drive is generally pretty good. They, they almost. I, I mean, I'd have to look it up, but they almost always score on their first drive, or they at least put together a respectable drive to get them past. The 50. Put the I offense. Agree. Yeah. But it's it's after that that the offense starts to stutter and and stumble and and I don't know if it's if it's DeFilippo thinking those same ten or fifteen plays are still going to work and not adjusting or or what it is but but at, at this point I mean we can gripe and complain about what needs to be done I just I'm not particularly optimistic that it will be done I, I right. mean it. We're ten games in, man. What? What's, why? Why would? Why? Tell me why we should expect it to change. You can't really expect it to change. You can't. You know they. That's that's the tough part. And knowing that you got to run the table, you got to win six straight to take your division. I don't know the scenarios for the wild cards. I don't really care about the wild card. I mean, I will in a couple of weeks when we're desperate. But for right now, I mean, we we got to win all of our games and hope the Bears only drop the game they got to play against the Rams. And maybe tomorrow. Have to go two and three, and the Vikings have to go four and one for the Vikings to be nine five and one, and the Bears to be uh, nine and six. I think going into the final game of the season for the Vikings to have a chance to win the division. I put a whole playoff post up on Daily Norseman today. I'll Basically, check it out. The, the Vikings only have a twenty one percent, according to the, the New York Times five thirty eight thing. The Vikings only have like a twenty one percent chance to to win the division. Now that loss. At Chicago, uh, about killed their chances to win the NFC North. That, they need a they need a lot of help. That the Bears and it might start on Thursday because Mitchell Trubisky is not playing for the, for the right, Bears. So right, I don't I know. Think, you know, the, the Lions could come through for us and pull a victory out. That would give us a tiny bit of wiggle room because at this point we can't lose any games. Um, to play to be able to play for the division the final week against the Bears, we have to win out. They they lose one game, then we're pretty much playing for the division last week of the season, but. You know, it's it's hard to say how you, how you're supposed to generate a high-powered offense. Our running game is horrendous, dude. It's terrible. And, and I, I think part of the problem is is Flip gives up on the running game too early. I, I mean, and the Vikings, they'll get down, you know, by a score, but like seven three or or ten ten seven or whatever. I mean, it's still a very competitive game. Sure. And, and he sort of starts chasing his tail in that. Well, you know, we ran we've ran six times for ten yards. Well. I don't know that that's really the point to say it's time to chuck the running game. I mean, when the Vikings won in Philadelphia, they didn't have a great yards per carry average, but they right. stayed with the run. Um, when they beat Detroit, they other you take Dalvin Cook's 70-yard runaway, they didn't have a great yards per carry, but they stayed with the run, and it eventually paid off. And they also and, stayed. And they're, not, and they're not doing that. And they stayed away from the big bonehead mistakes in the Eagles game. True. True, and and the Lions game for that matter. You know, you know, I, I when I watch the Vikings, I think of the you know you think of the overall intensity and the body language and what's going on in the field. It seems like when we the first 
quarter, second quarter, we're going three and out. It seems like everybody has the no care attitude. I mean, I see Zimmer looks kind of defeated on the side. Do you guys remember when Teddy got hurt in that Rams game? Remember when yeah. he got hurt in that Rams oh, game? Oh, yeah, in? got knocked you out. Remember, yeah. You guys remember this. Now, listen, you remember Zimmer tearing his fucking headset off and running out kind of on the field, F this. Ah, fuck, he's going nuts. He's going he's angry about it. Right, he was ready to fight. Right, and I don't see – not that it takes an injury to get him fired up like that, but I don't see anything like that now. I don't see – I mean, there's a point in that game that was like a 10-second clip, 10 or 15 seconds, when they showed Nagy on the sideline in the fourth quarter, and he was animated about something. I don't know if he was mad or happy or whatever, but he did something, and he's real animated, and he ran a little bit, and the camera followed him, and it was just a real quick clip. And it was, I was sitting there, and my wife says, I wish our coach would do that. And it just kind of sat with me, and I went, yeah, that would be kind of cool. It just seems like disinterested. and it, you know, Yeah, that's a good word, disinterested. I, I was thinking apathy, but but disinterest, and I, I don't I don't think that's accurate either way. But that's the body language that's that's yeah. Coming across. You know, three and out, three and out, three and out, and he looks the same every three and, and by the fifth straight three and out or whatever. Shouldn't you? I mean, come on, give me something. I mean, fuck. well, that's that's where he should be wringing Filippo's neck. Now I can understand him with his love affair of Teddy back in the day, right? And he Zimmer literally loved Teddy and wished he'd play, you know, the rest of his career. But that isn't happening. He needs to put that same affection into what's going on today, right? And if DiFilippo is calling crap plays and we're going three and out because we can't execute, then he needs to get that animated just as if – Teddy got his head knocked off. This is zip, 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 zip. <laughs> Sorry, I am all day. You yeah, we like, anyways. You sound like Freddie Mercury singing under pressure. What, what, kind of, of, what fucking kind of pie are you cooking, Everclear? <laughs> <laughs> here's okay. Here's here's um. <laughs> you make that shit go down the wrong pipe, damn it. Well, um, <laughs> that's what she said. <laughs> but so, anyway, so you know, did you, did you guys, do you guys ever watch um, uh, what's that, what's that show on HBO, the training camp, um, that training camp show? Hard Knocks. Hard Knocks. You ever watch Hard Knocks? Never watch it. I have. They seen. did it. They did it when the a couple times in the Bengals training camp and Mike Zimmer was a defensive coordinator and this was during a preseason game and there's yeah. a clip it's out there on YouTube he brought the defensive guys over to the bench and he went he spent like 30 seconds every other word was a swear word and he ripped <laughs> he went up up one side of him and down the other and and said I'm not going to put up with this F and BS anymore uh, and I'm going to start cutting people I mean it was just a tirade and it was awesome and and I I think, I think that Mike Zimmer, Bengals defensive coordinator, needs to come out when the offense comes out on their third three and out and grab the $28 million a year guy and make him the example for everybody. I don't know if he needs to go that hardcore, but just let everybody know. And however he wants to do it, I think he's a pretty good motivator and, and psychologist, amateur psychologist. And do whatever he needs to do to shake this offense out of their doldrums because it's been a season long 
Goldwyn. Well, sure. I saw a stat today that makes you shake your head. When it comes to third and short, which the Vikings get into quite often, third and short. Now, they may not get you know the first and long. They tend to make it up on second down, and they get in the third and short. They are yeah. second to last to getting first downs at only about a 50% rate. The first in the league gets it at over 80%. Yeah, that's a... You know, you, I, say what you want. Last year's Minnesota Vikings team was better than that. Yes, they were. And Shermer would, like you said, Ted, throw out the crap stuff put in the good stuff, and they would work around their deficiencies and make it work. And they did. That is what is not happening this year. I I, I agree. Let me steal the floor for one sec here. I agree with – I'm going to piggyback off what Ted just said. And I'm going to go back in the time machine a little bit. This proves the point. Back in 81, uh, we had a really good high school basketball team. We were like top two in San Diego County in the Grossmont District. And everybody knew it because the freshman year, my freshman year, we were really good. So we came in the sophomore year in 81. I was averaging over 30 points a game. Our low post guy, Binky Durr, 6'10", 220 in high school. He was averaging over 30. And then we had an outside guy who, who could shoot from the outside who never missed. So we were good. We were we rolled people. And we went into that season patting each other on the back. We won five or six games. And then we lost a couple. And we lost really by just being lazy and whatever coach called the practice on a sunday and we thought sunday that's our hungover day we can't fucking play basketball on sunday we're all hungover we agreed to it we went down there he made us run for like two hours run sets of lines then he took us outside made us run the bleachers and we're going you know the fo football guys do this we don't have to run fucking bleachers and he said run them or get your ass beat so we ran them he was a big dude ex-nba player so he ran us, and he took us back to the gym, and he ran us some more. And then everybody's getting sick and falling around. We're going, this is Sunday. What's happening to us? We're going to die. He sat us down and ripped us for like 20 minutes. Bunting, you can't jump. People kick your ass on the court. Binky in the post, low post, you're getting kicked all over the court. Dixon, you can't shoot. Yeah, he's going on. He just ripped us personally. Everything ripped us. We all stormed out of there, practice, and went, fuck, coach. He's a dick. I hate that guy. <laughs> fuck him. Next day at school, fuck him. We're all, you know, we're all trying to bond together, going, we're all going to quit and all this shit. We're all dramatic about it. Then we ran off 15 straight games and didn't lose any by under 30. <laughs> yep. So well, that needs I, to happen for the Vikings. And I know that was kind of a long story, but my the point is what Ted just said, make an example of some. Sometimes you get in somebody's head, it works. Because... We were flawless the rest of the season. We were flawless. I don't know if we were scared that we didn't want to run any more wind sprints or the coach or whatever, but we played flawlessly, and it worked. Whatever he did worked. And I think you have to do that with your team now and then. Oh, Especially now when you're 5-4-1. and one. I mean, at some point, you got to blow it up and let people know, you know? You know, and this is something I haven't really wanted to touch on. Because I think it's it's unfair 10 games into the season. But everybody everybody is back for the most part. 
defense is back. There's only Sendeo out. Two or three guys. I mean, they, they came back at the starting the starting of the year, beginning of the season. I, I mean, the big significant change is Kirk Cousins and and the chemistry that the Vikings had last year as a team, as a team just doesn't seem to be there now. And I don't know if they're waiting on somebody else to make a play or what the deal is, but that that stick together all for one thing. I'm not saying it's not there because I'm not in the locker room, but but you could you could just tell that with the Vikings and they just embrace the role of nobody believes in us underdog kind of thing. Maybe that was part of it. And they're, they're favorites now this year. Or they were going into the season. There, there's a dynamic and I can't quite put my, my finger on it that, that has changed with the, the, the mental or, or the mental makeup of this team. And it's significantly different than it was last year. That's, that's very well put. I mean, it's hard to add. I mean, it, it's a mystery. I mean, you're, there's something missing and you don't know, yeah, there's intensity or something's going on. There's some doesn't it feel like there's undertones of something is wrong. But yeah, they don't want they don't you can't really nail down what it is. I mean, it's football, so it's not really rocket science. But it's just I, the attitude. There's something not right. There's something yeah. not right with this team. And I and and I I don't mean I don't mean to blame say it's Kirk Cousins' fault. It's not. I don't think it's any one player. I just think that the the chemistry that the 2017 team had is not there in the 2018 team it I just isn't i think it's what you said earlier when we talked when we weren't recording you mentioned something about where's that offense at the time when it's most urgent we play the best like at the team from wisconsin in the fourth quarter when it seemed hopeless yeah. Yeah. came back we did it against the rams we came back we did it against uh so we did it last we did it last week we did it right. last, the game against the bears when it got when when it seemed hopeless all of a sudden, the offense got – it's a pattern. And Ted said, why can't we just harness that fucking offense and use it? Yeah, and for four, four quarters. Why? That's a great question. It's baffling, man. It's just truly baffling. I mean, Yeah, but that goes down to leadership. Uh, to me, at that point, as much as I don't want to blame Zimmer, I really, 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 really like Zimmer as my head coach, right? Or as the Vikings head coach. That's not what I just heard. <laughs> I have to question because he's the guy. Now, hey, I'll slam on Spielman all day. I'll slam on Filippo all day. I'll slam on Cousins if you want me to slam on Cousins, right? I'll slam on But it still comes down to the head coach. And I think Zimmer is a very good head coach. But there, like you said, Ted, this year there's that something missing. Now, is it because, hey, Case Keenum was a backup, right? And he's coming in and saying, hey, to heck with the world. And the rest of the team is rallying behind him. And now this year we've got an $84 million quarterback, right? That's supposed to lead us to the promised land, even though he's only a top 10, around the 10 to 15 range-ish quarterback. You know, and there was so much expectations, and now that they're failing, nobody's gathering around. You know what? You it's know still Zimmer that needs wait. to pull that up. You know the problems Cousins had as a head coach when you got him. You know he's a turnover machine. 
You know he struggled in the red zone. You knew all his deficiencies. It's oh, your yeah. fucking job as a coach and a coordinator and as an organization to remedy those flaws and fix it. That's your job. Right. So I'm not going to – there's no – you can't blame Cousins at this point. He's exactly what he was supposed to be, isn't he? See, and I, I would argue – You have to Pat make it better. No, yeah, I, but I'm arguing – I would argue that, that Pat Shermer has a better intuitive feel – on how to fix those problems. Look, look what he did with Case Keenum last year. Absolutely and, correct. And Case Keenum, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not ever going to bag on Case Keenum, but he's he's physically more limited a football player than Kirk Cousins is, and I, I think even he would probably admit that. I mean, 100%. you know, get him in a room one on one. Excellent point. You're right. But but Pat Shermer looked at what Case Keenum did well and played to those strengths, and I'm not sure that John D. Filippo is doing that. Isn't he supposed to be a guru of quarterbacks? I mean, isn't that what we were told? The fucking guy was a quarterback coach, guru, and all this? I don't know. I mean, but then again, we're not in the coach's room. So maybe he's telling them all these things, and, and Kirk Cousins is still reverting back to maybe so. bad habits that he learned that he can't break. I don't know. No, that, that that's – that's a really good point, but my old point was that you can't really blame Cousins. He's not Cousins didn't turn over to a turnover, turn into a turnover machine when he got here. He was true. doing the shit. No, he was doing that beforehand. Very true. Now, now, when you're looking at signing and making a huge signing like this, isn't just signing a fucking long snapper. This was a big deal. <laughs> you better make sure. Hey, long long snappers are a big deal. Just ask Courtney. Okay. I'll ask Courtney. That's now you got my train of thought all fucked up. No, what was I saying? <laughs> no, uh, no, no. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta say if we're gonna sign this guy, here's his con list. Here's the list of the stuff he does bad. How can we fix this to make it right? And if you can't, then you don't sign him. But all yeah. that has to be worked into the fact you're getting what he is, and they're not fixing his flaws. And maybe you're right, Ted. Maybe Cruz is just saying. You know, maybe Zimmer's told him, I don't want you to fucking throw that ball, and he just does it anyway. I mean, if that's yeah. the point, then you've got discourse between your quarterback and your coach, and you're done. It's not going to work. True. Which is what he might have with Gruden. Who knows? Gruden hated him, too. I don't know. <laughs> He's well, our guy, though. That's the case. You're sitting there going, I got 84 man guaranteed. I can't fire him. If I do, I'm eating all that. You got to make it work. You got to make it work now. Yep. And we got to win games starting this week. Starting this week and this week is Packers Week. Good segue I did right there. You guys noticed that? That's wonderful. And we go to where the cheese molds. This time they come to our house. Correct. What are you thinking, Ted, that how this game is going to go? Uh... Uh, <laughs> here's what I think. Here's what I want to see happen. I want to see them tie, and then and then watch the whole NFL world burn because it's getting <laughs> to that point for me this year. I just I just want to watch it all. I just want to watch it all burn to the ground and watch a team with two ties make it to the playoffs. I love how Ted Glover. I love how Ted Glover thinks, man. That, that is absolutely fantastic. That said. The Vikings should win this game. They're, Aaron Rodgers is not the Aaron Rodgers of old, at least not this year. Their offense 
doesn't really have anybody that scares me outside of him. I mean, in years past, he's had Jordy Nelson or Donald Driver. Devonta Adams is, is a legit number one wide receiver, but I think Xavier Rhodes can cancel him out. Yeah. Uh, on, on defense, uh, Aaron, I, you know, and here's the thing. Aaron Jones, I think, is, is, is really good. But the Packers coaching staff does more to neutralize him than any defenses do. They don't play him for large chunks of game time, right. which I don't understand. And I hope they keep that trend up this week. That is strange how they do that. They don't. It's weird, man. It's weird. He's on a roll, then they just quit going to him. And I'm sitting here thinking, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, the, the Packers are missing three big players on defense. Um, on their defensive line, the, right. their, their two interior defensive linemen are going to be out. Daniels and uh, some other schmuck. Yeah, which I think is going to be huge for the Vikings. If they're, if they're ever going to be able to run the ball, it should be against one of the worst run defenses in the NFL with their two interior starting defensive linemen out. If they yeah. can't run the ball Sunday night, it's over. It's done. Yeah. For they are, they're 26th in the run defense. Yeah. And so that, so that's, that's without the, the minus guys you just mentioned. So and they're fifth, they're fifth in pass defense. So they're way better on the passing, passing defense than the we should be able to run the ball, but we run I, it like shit. So I, I'd like to say the Vikings win this kind of close. It's the Vikings Packers that always play close. So I, I'm thinking like 26 or 27 to 20. But it would not surprise me in the least to see Mason Crosby hit a game-winning field goal oh. as time expires. Would not surprise me in the least with the way this season is unfolding. No, 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 no. After we had, after we had a fumble and then three personal foul penalties to, to put him in field goal range. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. yeah, fucking bonehead mistakes. Drew. Yes. You said you take notes. I took notes this week. Those are some shatty ass looking notes. Look at those fucking yeah. things. Well, they yeah, are he's been shatty drinking all day. Can, amazing, he can even write. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Hey, look at my. I need, look at my I need, to, I need I some know. engine inlet yeah, grease fucking, to put I, on there. Cooking, so, yeah, fucking cooking sherry spilled all over them. <laughs> Still got uh, all right. I went to Pro Football Stats. Oh right? wait, wait. Sharp, I'm going stats. sharp foot. Sharp football statistics is where I'm I changed my hat. Okay. I put my hard hat on when it comes to stats. To in-depth advanced stats. All right. Offense, pass rate, success rate, right? What? Okay. <laughs> Offensive, pass, success rate from pro football. No. From sharp football statistics. Hard hat. As Minnesota starting at 10th, all right, 10th overall, but trending to 5th with a 54% um, success rate. For passing with a 7.2 yards per attempt. Green Bay, on the other hand, is 17th and only 47%. However, they have an 8.2 yards per attempt. I, right now, have, let's I let's bounce no, it. I have no idea what you just told. What me. the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> my notes, damn it, my notes. <laughs> Anyway, so who's better passing, the Vikings or the Packers? No shit. <laughs> the Vikings. Okay. My I was told. Head. I was told when I joined this podcast there would be no math involved. Well, we screwed that up in the last show. That was obvious. We fucking ran all that shit, and I'm thinking 
I wonder if Ted's going to say anything. The Ted said exactly what I was thinking. What the hell? <laughs> oh, no. Hey, we got railed on it in YouTube remarks if you guys want to go check. But anyways, the Vikings the are better at the pass. Why didn't you just fucking say that? <laughs> they are, right? No, I believe they you. absolutely suck at the run. They're, 30, they're 31st out of 32nd. They're now, however, the Packers suck against run defense. Yes, they do. 26. We just talked about that. Yeah. Right? And uh, Sharp Football Stats on. has them at... Welcome to five minutes ago, Dave. That's <laughs> 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 them at 21st. I'm taking my but, heart out off. But that's before, yo, the injuries. So it's <laughs> gotten worse. Welcome hey, to <laughs> this have a caboose. Look at my hair. I got the big All right. I'm throwing on, this man. away. No. What's your point? The Are point the is we not? should win this game, <laughs> Andrew. Welcome, welcome to five minutes ago. <laughs> we should win. I mean, but, yeah, I mean, like, all the statistics are in the Vikings' favor, or almost all of them. Listen, guys, listen. The best way to look at a, a team is look at the most recent time you played against them. I mean, can we do that? I got some I got some stats that aren't from whatever the fuck he was reading it from. Um, last Dave's time we played. Davisfootballstatsite.com. I get this. We, we each got 24 first downs, but get this. We were 50% on third down, 7 for 14. They were only 4 for 13. Are you talking the week two tie game, Drew? Yeah. We had the, okay. Yes. Okay. We had the okay. horrible blocked punt, but here's what stood out to me. We had 13 drives, and they had 12. They had four. They had, they had gotten four first downs by penalty in that game. That's like a free possession. How many How many three and outs did the Vikings offense have in that game? Do you have that information? Uh, no, we had felt like the entire first half, other than the first drive, was three and out or a turnover. Well, we had 13 drives to their 12. So I don't know. And I, you know, we didn't score on a lot of them. So I imagine there's there's a lot of there was a lot of three and outs. I mean, we were two for three in the red zone. They were only one for five. So if you look statistically, we rolled up 480 yards of offense. 480. Damn. 400 of that was in the fourth quarter, though. We only had we only had 89 yards rushing or something. We had Cousins had 412 in the air. 412 Damn. yards in the air. So we rolled up almost 500. We had 500 yards. They had 351. I mean, there was a big discrepancy. I mean, the more you read this, the more you're thinking, how the hell did we lose this game? They tied. Or, no, wait. No, it felt like a loss. You're right. They tied. Yeah, but, it felt uh, like a loss because we missed three field goals. 480 yards, but we only no, we only had 60, 68 on the ground. Jesus, what is wrong with them? <laughs> That's Ted. 68 yards rushing. 400, 480 total yards and only 68 on the ground. You got to run the football. Yeah, they do. I mean, it, it's it's going to be very interesting. Not only if the Vikings run, but how they run. Are they going to try? Are they going to try ex and exploit it between the tackles? Because I think the Vikings. Can actually make some money between the tackles with with the injuries to Green Bay. Um, if they get stuffed early, the one thing that's really frustrated me about the running game is the Vikings really don't do a lot of stuff off tackle or or sort of sweep type stuff with a pulling guard or a pulling right. center. 
which they did. They seem to do a lot of that last year with great success. And maybe, maybe I'm just not watching the game close enough, which is quite possible, but they don't seem to be doing that a lot this year. It's like between the tackles and then it doesn't work. And then they quit running the ball. That's I would John like to D. see them. Filippo. Yeah. I'm, I'm not disagreeing, bud. I, I would just like to see them run and have success running the ball early and, and effectively run the ball and put this game away early. You remember that pitch play we had at Soldier Field last year with McKinnon and he took it to the house when Elfline was way down, yes. running down the field? Remember that yes. play? Yes. Where the, where the, can you give me that one fucking play? Can you run that one play? <laughs> with Cook. Can you run that one play? Can you run outside once with that? Try it. I, I would like once. to see it, it happen. Work. Maybe a screen. Well, that's what gets me. When Filippo was hired, we heard about he's going to keep the offense. He's going to do the same thing. Whoosh. And yet we're reverting to the 2016 Whoosh. offense. And you tell me why. That's a good point. I, I don't know, man. I mean, maybe maybe the injuries in the offensive line are, are limiting what he can do more than we know. Filippo, go back to the Florida State take. Pick any game. Look at Cook on screens. Watch him run. Yeah. Fuck, dude. If he get to the second level, it's over. He's tremendous at the second level. Our offensive line is basically healthy. Well, you don't need much of an offensive line to run screens. You're basically letting the defense go anyway. I mean, you're we, right. we look it's like that. We, we look we look like that on regular passing plays. Why not? <laughs> so why not run a screen? I don't know. You know what, Ted? I want I want a little bit. I want some different plays. I want a screen. I want a jet sweep. I want to. I want to see some different things rather than the same five plays we run. I mean, come on. That'd be nice. Yeah, it'd be nice. Uh, variety would be would be nice. Whether we see that Sunday night, I don't know. Simplify. We talk about simplifying. I told you guys earlier. I used my ACDC reference. You got to make it simple. You can't get all out of control. You can't make things more difficult than what they need to be. Explain the ACDC reference. When ACDC started, when they started being a band, they they wanted to, they wanted to dramatically change the face of music by being a lot like Rush or Dream Theater. I don't know if you guys are familiar with them. All this different work, all this different work put in to make these long ensemble songs. Then one day they realized, you know what? Let's use these three chords and make a song. And they made they started making hits using three chords and said, "Fuck it, that's what we're gonna do." Now look at it: millions and millions and millions of dollars have been made. By making these songs that have three hits or three chords, just keep the same. Make it simple. Everybody loves ACDC. They're gonna they're gonna make millions of dollars in every era because all the kids like to drink and have sex when they're teenagers, and ACDC plays off that. <laughs> they did, they do. They just decided we're gonna make these simple songs and they're gonna rock. And they they just made simple song after simple song, and they're a bunch of hits. I mean, you know how many hits they have, but they put down. They decided not to get all high tech and do, you know, there's certain bands that like to do that, like Rush. That's how they make their music. Let's just make a few chords and make a million dollars. Now you translate that into football. The Vikings are overthinking it. Just go keep doing what works. Do some no huddle, pick up the pace, show a little life, and just, just get it done. Don't make too much out of it, what it has to be. They need to get back in black. Yeah. Yes, they do. And show a whole lot of Rosie. Let's get it done. Yeah. And this podcast is on the highway to hell. I want to hear. Yeah. I want to hear some hell's bells. 
Anyways. What are you guys thinking is going to happen this weekend? I told you, I think the Vikings can win either 26-20 or lose it on a last-second field goal. Oh, God, no. You I, I, I mean, I, I just don't have a feel for this team at this point in the season, and you usually do. Does prime time have anything to do with it? No. I, I, don't, I, think, I think the, the Mike Zimmer – Stinks as a coach in prime time is a bit overdone. Yeah, 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 yeah. He, he sort of overcame that in 2015, a little bit in 2016, uh, definitely last year. Championship. I no, it's it's not. It, I don't, he doesn't coach any differently. It's the players and how they play. This is all you got to know. You know, this is this is this. Listen, listen closely to the Drewster. The Vikings beat themselves every time they beat themselves. So you know what this game's going to come down to. If the Vikings don't make. Six or eight bonehead plays, they'll win the game. If yep. they make six or eight, usually like bonehead plays, bad bonehead plays, they'll lose the game. That's all you got to know. The Vikings beat themselves every There you game. go. Well no. said, brother. Is well that said. your spicy take of the game or spicy take of the day? I'm always spicy. Yes, you yeah. are. And I'm sure Ruby likes that. <laughs> meow, meow. <laughs> I'll put my hard hat back on for that. No, I won't. This is the only hard hat that matters this week. <laughs> we have oh. a special offering that will come out oh. on Facebook this week. But for oh. now, it's Cheesehead Week. Amen. <laughs> it's okay. the Cheesers come to town to U.S. Bank Stadium to challenge our Minnesota Vikings for second place in the NFC North. And hopefully we can dominate. We'll be live from a brewery. Me and Manbear are doing a show, by the way. This will be oh. our live. This is gonna be our live. This show will today. be our live show. This should be cool. Oh, yeah. Cool. So we'll be running a three-hour live stream. It's gonna be an editing nightmare, but that's what we pay Charlie Daniels Cooking Sherry for. <laughs> <laughs> Edit the show down, but it's gonna be fun. I'm gonna be with Manbear first time watching a game with him and the crazies out at Stumptown Brewery. But we will have some live footage, and maybe I'll get in a fight or something. That'd be kind of cool to have live. That would be. Yeah. That would be. For our inner raw. <laughs> Anyways. Whoosh. Whoosh. Ted, have you got any spicy takes for the week? Uh. Oh. <laughs> Dang, right, welcome. So, here, here, let me let me go let me go out on a limb here. Let me go out on a limb. Five minutes ago. That's, that, I'm gonna use that all week. That's fucking great. Let me go out on a limb here. Go. Uh, that's where the fruit is. Vikings thirty, Packers twenty, and the game isn't that close because the Packers score a late junk TD. Dalvin Cook runs for one twenty-five, and Rodgers gets sacked four times. Yeah. There you go. There's your spicy take. We're talking clavicle bowl, too. The clavicle. (laughs) Clavicle crumble. Clavicle crumble. Clavicle. (laughs) Drew, what have you got to say? (laughs) Well, yeah, I think, you know. Ted, what have you got? Uh, (laughs) Oh. Let's go Sunday night, man. Goal!